Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine, the show where we keep it real to real. Today we're looking at one of the AFI Top 100 classics, It Happened One Night, starring Carl Odette. Oh, what the hell did I just say? I'm not sure. Are you trying to say her first and last name at the same time? I think I was trying to say both names at once. And your your brain rebelled. Yeah, oh my god, I I just blue screened. Wow. (laughs) It's... Starring Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. Okay, now I got it. Yeah, that right. Oh, one of the most critically acclaimed films of all time. Only one of three films to ever win all best, uh, biggest awards at, mm-hmm. uh, at the Oscars, uh, including best actor, best actress, best picture, best director, and best screenplay. Only, uh, you know, and I only shared that with one flew over the cuckoo's nest in Silence of the Lambs. There you go. So, here, so my name's Nick. I'm Cass. I'm Dan. I'm Joss. Imagine all those movies come to a party. <laughs> it happened one night would be the odd one out. Yeah. All those things come to a party and, and, and Hannibal Lecter isn't the weird one in the room. Yeah, I also right. want to point out that it happened one night. It happened in multiple nights. Yeah, it happened right. over the course of like a couple of months, I'd say. No, no. Yeah. It, only, it, it was like, like a road trip. Maybe yeah. like four days. Yeah. Well, no, then it was like well oh. over a week after they got back to New York. So you know it was what? at I least bet. a couple weeks. Yeah. Maybe it was it happened that <laughs> yeah. last night. <clears throat> the the walls, the, the walls of Jericho yeah. fell down. Yeah, yeah the walls yeah. of Jericho. <laughs> the walls are crumbling. <laughs> the walls of Jericho. Yeah. They, they came down, and you know yeah. what Daddy said? Yeah, okay. okay yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Let the let the walls tumble. Are you kidding? Daddy would have been like, "Why didn't it already happen?" Yeah. Yeah, just, I also now understand quite a few jokes from the end of Spaceballs better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really right, right because a few yeah a few scenes are directly parodied in that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the uh, this is by Frank Capra. Yep, uh, we've done a few of his, a few of his films, mm-hmm. and also uh, based on a short story called Night Boss. Uh, Night Bus. I was wow. going to say Night Bus, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Night Bus is a now, yes. a, now a fiction like of, yeah, right, now Night okay. Boss would be like a fiction a with, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. well, Night Bus <laughs> might, be, might be one of those weird things you see on TLC in the middle of the night. <laughs> when the boss of the night shift? Yeah. yeah. He's actually a vampire? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, episode of What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, yeah pretty exactly. much. I do not know what's we're doing night here. Boss. <laughs> yeah. Welcome does, to does my this, friends, the Night Boss. Is Night Boss the final form of, that fights the Day Man? <laughs> <laughs> Not the one who shits in the bed. Oh my god! Oh, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna uh, date this episode with that. Yeah, anyway, so yeah. In the bed. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this movie was released on February twenty second, nineteen thirty four. A budget of three hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Ended up breaking in two point five million, which uh, is a lot. For yeah, that, you know, for that time. Oh, I have some facts and figures here for this, and this also uh, was one of the more important movies because this is classified as a pre-code production. It came out in nineteen thirty-four, three weeks before the motion picture production code was released. Really. Yeah, and so it could not be enforced, I'm sorry, four months ahead, but it could not be enforced to this. And this was the birth of the screwball comedies, mm-hmm. where this all leads from here, uh, all leads from here, and um, 
This is where they were really thumbing their nose at it. The uh, motion picture production code actually started much earlier than that, but it lasted from 1934 to 1968, but started in 1922. Wait, production code, is that just like readings on movies? Well, uh, it was known as the Hayes Code. Is that... So, it was like the comics code. Like you exactly. You couldn't show you crime couldn't, uh, paying off or... You couldn't like show a bunch yeah. of, like, morality codes. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You couldn't show crime paying off too much passion mm-hmm. um, or really anything overtly sexual between, you know, two unmarried people. Like, yeah, you notice that they were married when yeah. they... When the walls fell. <laughs> right, right. I thought they looked or something. Yeah, but, yeah, well, no, but even if so, you know, they um, they still couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you still couldn't see any of that to begin with. Yeah. But you know, metaphor. But this was created as a response to that and just saying, okay, fine, and then they pushed it. Mm-hmm. Little by little, they pushed it a little bit more, and... Clark Gable and Claudette Claudette, uh, Colbert are the only two that are really more prominent here, but these two characters really, 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 really push the envelope, including the famous scene where Claudette actually pulls her leg up to get a car to drive. That was, honestly, that was was so, that was risque, but also funny. I I felt scandalized. I was like, oh, Bugs, is that where Bugs Bunny got the idea from? Yes. Because the carrot yeah. thing, him eating well, the carrot was oh, oh, the him direct... eating raw carrots. Mm. Oh, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have misophonia, yeah. so the sounds of chewing yeah. really gets to me. Yeah. So the crunch, yeah. chomp, chomp, talking, talking through mouthful. the carrot. My, yeah. Oh, no, I can't I do believe it. me, does I get it that. Does drive you crazy when Bugs Bunny does it? Weirdly enough, no, because yeah. he's a cartoon. Yeah. Well, that the that came from this movie. Yeah, I I realize that, but for whatever reason, it doesn't bother me when Bugs does it, but when a human does it, it's like I want to strike. Because him. it's yeah. probably also not an actual person eating it; it's overly done. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's the yeah, the foley kind of helps. Right. It. So somebody yeah. with a with a uh, like a whole thing of celery just crunch. Yeah. And rip it yeah. apart. And you know, would Mel yeah. Blatnick have eaten carrots while performing? Probably. Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? Probably, but there's um, also in this, there's a funny thing you say with the carrots, because that was one of the things that supposedly was pushing the Ace Code. What? Yeah, is the well, He wasn't eating yeah. it erotically. No, but he she puts, but He she put would, something stick-shaped in his mouth. Yeah, no, he put something, she put something stick-shaped in her mouth. Because she starts oh. eating the carrot later. Yeah, he was like, I'm not touching the carrot you got for me. I'm not doing that. And okay, I'm very, hungry. And then and later she's, she's eating the Yeah. So, oh, probably... Yeah. Coquette is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was just because she didn't want to eat the carrot, but then, you know, she got She's so time. hungry. Yeah. 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 She's like, fine. Exactly. Now try it. Honestly, I'm so with her when it comes to carrots, period. Mm. I hate carrots. Yeah. So, raw carrots, cooked carrots, I don't care. I hate yeah. So, I'm with her here. So, so if I know. had to eat a nasty-ass thing like a carrot, I'd be like, mm, nibble at it. You know? I wouldn't even be nibbling. I'd rather starve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons why I can't eat anything but raw vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to any of that. But any cooked vegetables, I'm like, ugh, ugh, like, because it all came from canned food I had when I was a kid. Which I kind of understand yeah. that, too. Yeah. Ugh. You know, just mushy weirdness. Like and just, grayish green beans. Exactly, but, yeah. But what about broccoli? 
No, I gotta eat it raw. Really? I I, I can't. I, I can't handle raw yeah. broccoli. It has to be yeah. cooked if I'm gonna eat it at all. No, I, I have to eat at, it raw. At least yeah. steamed for me. Yeah. I can't. get rid of the bitterness? Because I don't mind broccoli. I, I don't go out of my way to eat it, but I love broccoli. See, I'm yeah. not big on like the tree parts of it, but if yeah. it's steamed properly, like the the, the root, yeah. I, I enjoy. <laughs> I don't know, I love broccoli. <laughs> more like something I would jam into put, some food. Mix put it, it in a bunch it. of cheese and put it over pasta and I'll eat it. <laughs> like giving a pill to a dog, kind of? Pretty much, yeah. Wrap it in cheese and it's okay. There's funny stuff with this movie, though, is that it, uh, there's a supposed immediate impact with the, with the public. And one of the scenes, uh, you know, where G- uh, Gable is undressing from the bed and <laughs> takes off his shirt, you notice the bare chest is an urban he's got legend. His belt up to his nipples. Yeah. <laughs> Precursor. There's mom uh, yeah, right? an urban legend that as a result of that, the men's undershirts are noticeably declined in sales. Really? Uh, and then the movie prominently features Greyhound buses, yep. which was also uh, to try to spur people to travel a lot more. Which is, I guess, understandable. And but the, the scenes on the bus yeah. were not exactly flattering. Yeah. And, and uh, traveling by bus has only gotten worse as the years have gone on. Oh, God, Like yes. some guy falling asleep on you, drooling, and yeah. won't wake up. See, now that happens in the sky now. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. And Although this movie has a yeah. an auto gyro in it. <laughs> Which is impressive. I enjoyed that. Apparently, it looks like an airplane with a helicopter. And King, what's his nuts is flying it. Yeah, King Wesley. Now, that's a question. Wesley is his? Is he a king? Or is, no. no? Okay, that's his is that name, his name? I think his it's name like King is, Gillette. It's just yeah, a name. Yeah, okay. his name is King Wesley. Okay, then yeah. why do why do they refer to him by his full name all the time? Meh. Cool. Yeah, it just he's King Wesley and. You know, and then you have the uh, Ellie Andrews, who played by Claudette Colbert, yes. who is Claudette Colbert, who uh, her character Ellie is a very rich woman. But did anyone get this at the very beginning that you know it was the father is trying to convince her to annul the marriage because it's known that he's only into her for her money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it took it took a little while for me to grab uh. that. Not only that, yeah. she only did it yeah. to piss off her father. Yeah. And, yeah, her dad comes off as kind of a bad guy at the beginning. Yeah. But he softens. Like, I'd say about halfway through the movie, he changes his tune, like... Yeah. It's not much, even just Pretty that. much full flip. Because he likes the other guy. As a prospective husband. Yeah. Like, halfway through, he changes his tune, and he just kind of wants her to be happy. Yeah. I think we miss a lot of things at the very beginning of the movie, too, because, and I think it's written that way on purpose. We're given only so much information. I liked that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's a good thing, because you get to learn the characters as the movie progresses. Um, at the very beginning, we're kind of given the fact that Dad is overbearing. Right. And um, is obviously running her life, you know, running her life as well as his own and that she's rebelling on purpose and running away. But he's... He's so rich and famous, uh, he easily gets on the front page of the news with his, my daughter is missing thing. Right. But us as the viewer don't necessarily (laughs) see the fact that he truly cares for his daughter and that he he spoils his daughter ri- ridiculously. He kind of gives her everything she's always wanted. 
but that's part of the problem as well. Do is we that, that we find out that after a while. I don't remember. Because he she can go anywhere and buy anything she wants. She has a bodyguard all the time. Oh that yeah, yeah. But she can oh do God. she can do and go anywhere as long as she's being watched. She's like, I once went shopping without a bodyguard. Without a bodyguard and it was freeing. But she could still go and do whatever she wanted. Um, But he still, her father will still bend over backwards to get and do and protect her all the time. We don't see that, though. Yeah, I I see your points, too, but also... I think, you know, we're seeing this through this time. Yeah. Because 80-something years later, you know, where we're looking at it through our modern day. Right. And it's, I think it holds up. Yeah, I think it holds up, but it's also, it was very much a custom that, you know, the fathers would watch over the daughter and then what happened? give their nod to the marriage well, later on and before they do that. Yeah, the, the that dad didn't seem is, to be a mother in the picture. Yeah. No, no. It didn't seem to be, and and by the standard of the time, the yeah. dad was liberal as shit. Right. Oh, yeah, big yeah. time. So, but the, yeah. he was progressive as all. But what, I'm, but what I'm trying to say here is that we're, we don't see how, like, close and loving their relationship is. No. Right. At first, we're given the impression that dad is very, like... We've seen this before. Right, that he's strict and he's not, right, and he's yeah. rigid. He's not letting her do anything. Yeah. When in actuality, the, we see them arguing on the boat, and he's right. not taking her seriously. Right, he's yeah. like, "Oh, you're doing this again." Right, when it, because she has kind of rebelled against him a lot, yeah. but we're not. We don't know that. We're just seeing him being like flippant about everything that she does. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know their relationship. So we're we're given at the very beginning this this look about him like, oh, he's just kind of being an asshole. Yeah. When in actuality, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. I also wonder about, you know, with the people who are listening outside the door with their workers. Right. Who are listening going, oh, shit, not this again. Right. Okay, here we go. Like, this is the, like, before they probably don't have a radio on that boat. Sure mm-hmm. as hell don't have TV, and the cards got blown away, so it's like, okay, yeah, so let's go see what's going on over here. Let's go listen to the fight. It's like yeah. listening at the, like, when, when your uh, noisiest co-worker gets pulled into the office, everyone's just kind of <laughs> leaning near the door to hear what the, you know, what the fight's about. Uh, I, and you're right, though, she is also a fast-as-hell swimmer. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. That is, she's, she's an Olympic-level yeah. sprinter if she was able to dodge guys on a boat. Yeah. She got yeah, away from us, sir. She's a mermaid. <laughs> we almost expected she's too fast for us, balls. She paid off Aquaman. I, I like how they, uh, qu- they quickly establish important details without an exposition you don't. <clears throat> I feel like, I, I don't know, it just, for some reason in my mind, that makes it feel... Fresh and mm. modern, mm. even true. eighty years later. Yeah, mm. I know that's. I'm not meaning to shit on other movies. No, but no, that's a right. point, though. There are some movies that uh, the exposition might as well be like given over by a character named Tom Exposition. Yeah. Right. I mean, it it's probably on my mind because I uh, earlier I or the day before I'd watched a video on um, what went why uh, Rick and Morty got less. Uh, what went wrong? Jump the shark. But I, apparently, a lot of people hated Pickle Rick because you had like this nobody therapist character just exposition dumping, basically. Are you and kidding you, me? Pickle Rick's the funniest shit I ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, <laughs> you have to be real smart to get it. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny, but uh, yeah. I'm just making fun of Rick and Morty fans. Oh, like, like the, the the guy at the rest at McDonald's or whatever. The ones flipping Freeman. out about yeah. the Szechuan sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and doing I the want my sauce. <laughs> you wouldn't understand it. It's very. You have to be very smart to understand Rick and Morty. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, but uh-huh. but yeah, be- apparently that because of that character, just kind of oh that. It shows a disrespect for the audience. Like you can't expect the audience to. Uh, if you hand everything to them, then it's like you you think they're too stupid to get it. Right. Right. So I guess that was just on my mind. But I noticed this movie had a nice start where you know what's going on, but they don't dump on you. You don't need to explain every small detail no. about it. You know she is um, spunky as fuck because she's like, "Screw this! I'm jumping off the fucking boat!" Right. And away. she flips the table. Right. Yeah. yeah. She just up like, right, fine, fuck you. I also like the the small bits too, where you you're kind of hearing the overlay of them talking while you're watching what she's doing. Yeah. So they're talking about how she'll never get on a bus. Check you know, check the train stations. Check the uh, check the airports. You know, things like that. When it's giving her ideas. Yeah, but and, and but she'll never get on a bus when you see the little old lady walking with a with a bus ticket. And handing it to her. Yeah. It's like, because no, because she will she never knows. get on a bus. Right. She knows her picture is probably up at these bus stations because she knows they've called ahead. So it's right. like, send a little old lady to do it. Right. Yeah. It's like, she's smart. She's, you know, she's clever. She's also reading, you know, she knows her father you know, well enough to, you know, read the room. Yeah. So it's it's little stuff like that where, yeah, you don't need the large expedition dump. You know. No, it, no. The, the storytelling no. does it for us. Yeah. And that's when we meet, you know, Clark Gable. Yeah, or Peter Warren, a Peter Warren news reporter who had lost his job, who was drunk as shit in a phone booth. Drunk as hell. Uh, I I got confused about the plot because weren't his the people outside the phone booth calling him king? Yeah. 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 I I got confused too. I'm like, wait, is he king? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like. Okay. He's gonna sell. He's selling a dog. Yeah. Or <laughs> but I want to know. Like I, everybody's drunk as shit. I wanted to know, like, okay, so Ellie married some, this guy named King, right? Does she not know he's the guy? Maybe kind of. Like, I was, I was thinking yeah. first, like maybe this is a clandestine meeting. Like they, yeah. they set this up, and that that she I was think meeting. He even him. said, "Is that a flashback?" Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. That was my second thought too. Yeah. But I guess it was just a. I don't know. Coincidence. Show up contrast or, or something. I, I, I thought maybe it could have been just uh, something that the writer put in Sarcastic. to screw with the audience. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, that could have been, That would have been yeah. an interesting story. Like, she doesn't even know what he looks like. She married him. and Yeah, like, there was a stand-in or something. Yeah. And that they did it as, like, a contract or something to, to screw over her dad. That would have been funny, too. Hmm. Yeah, so... Peter uh, gets on a bus and there's a really great back and forth with the bus yes, driver. because that shows he also has a strong personality. Yeah. He's yes. not going to take no crap. So, when yeah. you know when they butt heads, it's Can you do epic. this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I give up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the whole, the, the wheel, and this is another one of those... You don't need to talk yeah. scenes to mm-hmm. act. Yeah. The whole look on his face of... Oh, you're one of those people. Yeah. The brainless, I have to deal with an idiot right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I give up. Yeah. What do you need? The bus driver, he must lose because he doesn't know what to do. He's just like, 
And but it's Fuck also off. the other customers on the bus who start laughing at him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is it's funny. It is. Yeah. yeah. The the humor holds up. It yeah. does. It does. Yeah, and Ellie gets on the bus. They start heading off, and a good interaction back and forth of the <laughs> trying to find a seat. <laughs> oh, a bunch this, of newspapers. Yeah. Here's, here's the only thing about Ellie's character that confuses me. Hmm. She's got a a lot of um, good, you know, responses with yeah. him. They have. Uh, they, I like the arguments that they have. Right. Uh, and That's the banter. Yeah. yeah, but the thing about Ellie's personality that kind of irked me a little bit was she has this wit. And cleverness, and then she suddenly turns into this innocent what character sometimes. Does it depend? The innocent and like, well, they'll hold the bus for me. Yeah. You realize you're no, here anonymously, and they the, don't know who the fuck you that's are. That's the arrogance in her. Yeah. The arrogance kind of goes with the wit and the clever, which I kind of understand. But no, there's certain parts in it too where she turns into this like innocent young girl, <clears throat> and it irks me. And that Which parts, yeah, because. But that's supposedly what, yeah, but how that was written was a comedy for the time where Clark Gable and Claudette, Claudette Colbert switched their gender roles through some scenes. So that, that's where it's a little lost to time on us because I saw, I was looking through notes and I found, um, I found this YouTube channel, 100 Years of Cinema. And part of the uh, part of the Hayes Code originally was that roles would be defined and it would be very clear. So they swap them. Mm-hmm. And there's a, the parts, you know, when they're hiding out and they're in a little shack. And then the next morning, before they start talking about the walls of Jericho, and the next morning where they're, um, you know, he's cooking the breakfast and then she's more upbeat. Right, so and she's I, wearing that, her pajamas. Yeah, well, it's it's like the part yeah. when she's do, they're talking about the donut, right? And she's dunking the donut in the coffee, and she's yeah, she's being perky and upbeat, yeah. which I'm fine with per- perky and upbeat. Yeah, but then she comes across as this innocent little girl when she starts talking about breaking up the donut and dipping and everything else. And Is she's that a kinda, poor people habit. It's not a poor people it's supposed habit. Supposed to be a feminine habit. It's a feminine. It's, it's supposed to be feminine yeah. and yeah. girly. Yeah. And yeah. 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 And it, so this is where it is. Lost just, time. Yeah. I was just like, I'm confused. Okay. I guess that's why Dunkin' Donuts is called Dunkin' Donuts. Right. I right. know people don't like Oreos. And it's, I understand. The conversation right. is fine. It's the way she acts in the conversation. Right. Because she has this voice, and I love yeah. her voice. There's a thing about her voice. I really like it. Yeah. She has this deep, sort of sultry voice, mm-hmm. and she's really good at using it. But yeah. then she turns into this innocent little girl, yeah. and that voice annoys the piss out of me. Mm. And and I'm just like, what are you doing right now? Right, what is this right, character right, yeah. doing right now? Yeah. I understand that in certain instances she should be a little naive right. about some stuff. That makes perfect sense because yeah. you're sheltered. This is not one of those times. Right. And it, that part started to irk me. I'm like, yeah. the character should not be like this right now. Mm. I'm just wondering about how common dunking things is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it depends on what it is. I like yeah. dunking cookies in, in milk, so I can yeah. kind of understand, like Oreos. That's, that's why I you like should get 
chewy cookies. Then you don't have to squish them up. No, you take an Oreo, you put a, a fork inside the Oreo, and then you dunk it in milk so that way you don't get your feet, your fingers wet. And then you hold it. Yeah, just you don't, almost said you don't get your feet wet? Yeah. Fingers wet. Yeah, yeah. You, hold it in, you hold it in the milk until the bubbles stop and you just envision that you're doing that to your worst enemy and then you eat, then you eat it. But I wouldn't dunk a donut. Oh, now, don't, well, it depends. Antimens chocolate frosted donuts. Yeah. If you dunk a little, like, if you take a bite out of them, dunk a little bit of it into uh, milk, super good. Yeah. yeah Especially if they're cold from the fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're done talking about food. Yeah. Movie. No, I, wish, I, I wish I could have donuts. Yeah, there, there is some, you know, <laughs> there is a Shit, bit okay. with that that we'll get to in a moment, but the, you know, where... The fun stuff that happens yes, where they get off the, you know, where they're still on the bus yeah, and they get off the, <laughs> they get off the bus. There's like 30 minutes for breakfast and then suddenly, no, no, wait for me anyway. You know who I am. Wait for me. Oh, oh no. Oh, wait. Yeah. He's like, wait, no, no. No. I love how he's like, oh, I will, will I? Yeah. The bus driver who's not that bright, but he's, you know. Hmm. Yeah. But oh, yeah, he yeah. stays behind on purpose because yeah, because uh, he, he figures out who she is pretty quick. But you do have oh, one of the scenes. Okay. Yeah, we do have one of the I scenes like where it. it's just when you talk about the um, you talk about the uh, the nonverbal funniness. Yes, is where the she meets uh, Ellie meets Shapely. Oh God! You know, and he's talking your ear off, and then you have you have Clark Gable on the side just watching. Mm-hmm. Who gets like, annoyed? Yeah, he gets annoyed, quick. but you see his face. And he's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. where the fuck is this gonna go?" Okay. Yep. And Let's he, talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure his facial features were yeah. mimicking mine throughout yeah. the entire scene. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, are we are we gonna do this? Okay, I'm really comfortable in this seat here. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to say oh, something, God, aren't I? I'm gonna have to get up and do something. Yeah, <laughs> but just his visuals and half smirk. Like, yep. okay, this guy's really trying. He ain't. He ain't. He ain't gonna. Oh, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. I'm gonna do it now. Yep. I'm gonna do it now without even saying a word. Still, it just. Uh, and that's how him pretending to be her husband starts. Yeah. You're talking to my wife, buddy. I'd like to sit next to my wife. Yeah. Huh? Oh. Oh. I'm sorry, bud. I'm sorry, ma'am. Yeah, there was the... Uh, <laughs> oh, shapely. Uh, yeah, now, where we get this one of the first hitches that gets the movie going, mm. um, you know, Claire, Peter decides he's going to stay, and, you know, she misses the bus, he missed it too. He's going to stay with her. He'll help her get over, get to New York, but you got to have an exclusive story so he can get his job back. Yep. So, uh, in essence, isn't this the MacGuffin, then, that gets the ball rolling? I'm confused. I mean, she's basically the MacGuffin. Yeah. Just her general presence. Good point. Yeah, yeah but this is what gets this is what gets the two of them together to yeah. get to New York. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. But if, um, well, then why was she upset thinking he went for the reward later if the scoop was kind of the same thing? Yeah. Well, because she contact he uh, he contacted her father with money in mind. Yeah, that's what the telegram said. We need to talk about a financial. Uh, uh, that's why she's so upset. Yeah. I know your daughter. I know where he. I know where she is. Yada yada. And um, oh god, imagine if this was a Seinfeld plot. Mm. Yeah. So actually, it brings us to one of the financial figures. Uh, the reward is ten thousand dollars. So in nineteen thirty. Yeah, 1934 money, though. 
So, yes. Yeah. Got to be well over a million. Oh, no, actually, no, no, not as much as you think. Really? So, you remember last week's movie, it was uh, it was $20,000 a year was what almost got George Bailey to stay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, in 1934, $10,000 actually increases. Today's a two th- uh, 2022 money is $214,555.22. Still a decent chunk of change. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's like life-changing money. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well into the six-figure, nearly a quarter million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to put this into perspective, I actually did a little more deep diving into this. Mm. After taxes and fees and everything, this is actually, um, and though I hate mentioning him on this show, this is what Donald Trump offered on The Apprentice. So he offered a quarter million dollar salary, and actually the fees went out, and it was $214,554. Wow. As it, as it went out today, and it just made him the old rich bastard. Right. So. Well, I mean, the other guy ended up paying um, like $100,000, too. Oh, yeah. At the end of the movie. But, but even, still, that, it, even that was a drop in the bucket for that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think of the war. Yeah, I, I akin this person to, like, Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I say that 10000 even in today's money, is like, ooh. It's still a lot to find yeah. a missing person who is just a runaway person right now. Yeah. Well, and you know, also with the days of, you know, how will help me find my daughter because I haven't given any blessing to this marriage yet. You won't see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, the adventures that they go on, and I think probably one of the best ones, is when they stop at the first house. Oh, or I the love first this. shack area. I love it. The, 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 yeah. car, the, the car park. $2 a night. Yeah. $2 a night, which does include some breakfast, showers outside. Oh, one of the, the scene before this, though, right before this, is when he sits down next to her after he gets shapely out of the way, is when she tries to buy the box of chocolate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he puts her on a budget. He puts her on a budget because initially, he, uh, when they first first meet, she says uh, she she loses her her bag. She gets robbed. Yeah. And he tries to help her, and fails. And, and she's, yeah, she's kind of not keen on it. Well, she well she she at first is a little thankful, but then when he tries to say, you know, oh let's let's complain about it. You know, they, they should reimburse you for your stuff. And she, like, is adamantly, you know, saying, no, no, stop it. Because she doesn't want doesn't her father call, finding yeah. out where she, she is. She doesn't want to call attention to her and then um, have that just reach back to death. And he feels that she's, like, yeah. extremely, um, like, rude and, you know, unthankful and ungrateful. Um, she, after that, he, you know, she sli- lets it slip that she only has $4 to her name. Yeah. Um, and then... Is that before or after the kid? <laughs> That's before the kid. Uh, okay. Um, and then after she, you know, meets whoever she was meeting at the hotel, who knows what she did at the hotel. We never actually find out what she mm. did at the hotel. Um, but after the hotel, she gets back, he finds out that she only has a dollar sixty now. So she, whatever she did, she spent $2.40. Um, she tries to buy a box of chocolates, and he says no... And then takes her dollar sixty and says, "You're on a budget." So when they stop at this two dollar a night car lodge, whatever, it's um, his money. It's his money that he's using yeah. for the two of them. Um, and when she starts complaining about the room, he's like, "Well, 
uh, basically my wallet isn't being extended for, you know, two rooms for us. Because I can't afford it. Yeah, yeah the, fa- he, the family like budget doesn't allow it. Yeah. Because he says that they're married, so. Yeah. Um, but they're two separate little beds. They're adorable, but this mm-hmm. is, for the time frame, a... You also you have to remember that it, part of the code was mm-hmm. actually you couldn't show a married couple in the same bed. This is pre-code, though, isn't it? But yeah, this but was, it was the very it was coming around. start yeah. at the beginning of the code. Yeah. So you couldn't show a married couple in the same bed, which is like, oh, right, because normal people totally live like this. Yeah. I love Lucy do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love the, uh, well, the point where, and also I love Lucy was also uh, took stabs at it because they're the first time. First time anyone ever said pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, no, on, on TV. TV. Yeah, TV, and that was supposedly scandalous. It was. Flashing for the time. forward to the end of the code is when it was the Brady Bunch, the first time they ever showed a toilet. Yep. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, because people don't go to the bathroom. Yeah, right. Um, right, which actually was. Pleasantville? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where did they go in Pleasantville? Oh, they my didn't. God. Yeah. They didn't. So, as everything's turning color and going crazy and then stuff, toilets will start existing. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, does shit just randomly sh- sh- pop out of their asses magically? I, like, think, what the, I think the first time like someone had the urge, yeah. someone would have to teach them how to use the bathroom. No, because yeah. no, in all seriousness, yeah. that's yeah. what would happen. So everybody yeah. in Pleasantville needs potty Bud, training. Yeah. Bud would have to teach everybody yeah. how to potty train. Yeah. Oh my god. That's I just how it would happen. It's rather a Saturday Night Live sketch with colon blow. No. Oh, uh, the there was the um, it was a parody of all the fiber cereal commercials in the mid nineties. Okay, a great fiber cereal, and they did one called Colon Blow. Oh my! It was uh, Phil Hartman's eating cereal, and he just shits out a whole bunch of bowls. <laughs> <laughs> colon Blow, and it's just a giant, oh, <laughs> it's just that's... a giant pyramid of bowls. It's like, I feel better. That's hysterical. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Bud would teach him. Okay, Mom. He would have to. I mean, well, Consider, I don't... Considering that Louise Witherspoon had to teach her mom about... Uh, orgasms. Yeah, so. yeah. Had to teach her about, okay, I'm going to teach you how to poop, I'm gonna Mom. I'm going to teach everybody how to poop. And then they'd, they'd probably have, like, that kindergarten class. would be a bunch of adults with that mm-hmm. potty training book. Yeah. Maybe, maybe nobody had everyone poops. Everybody, everyone poops but you. Yeah, you know that one? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so, but anyway, uh, we watched a different movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, movie the, uh, uh, hotel. Well, I mean, movie theater hotel. time machine, the show where tangents can happen, and it's uh, always about something that you really something probably really shouldn't didn't know. think about. Really, what? Uh, but the, where they <laughs> have that <laughs> lubrication? That's it. You definitely should use lubrication for butt stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta do the thing with your hands. There's, there is like, make a rainbow lubrication. Okay. Uh, so what they do mention is the walls of Jericho. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wouldn't be uh, remiss about playing this. And we're not talking about the wrestler here, guys. No. So right now I'm playing Hugh Laurie's The Battle of Jericho. I have to jump ahead. And. Um, I sincerely, so, I sincerely thought you were going to play the wrestler's entrance. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about it for a moment. Yeah, so the, uh, to get a really brief one, this is about the Battle of Jericho. Uh, from the Book of Joshua being the first battle fought by the Israelites for the conquest of Canaan. 
Um, and according to Joshua 6, 127, the walls of Jericho fell after the Israelites marched around the city. And the wall... And the... Yeah. And the walls, uh, and the walls once a day for six days, seven times, and the seventh day they blew trumpets. And trumpets were not their dog. Horn. Yeah. Well, in uh, the song, it's a ram horn. Yeah. Well, it's just... So far, it, I think it was supposed to be. Yeah, but you gotta wonder, really, you know, with, uh, I, I, I'll save that joke till the end. Because uh, he, he strings up a rope across the room and puts, like, a nice courtesy blanket across it. Okay, he's extremely respectful here. Yeah. Now... Although he does tease her like, oh, oh I'm, what if I'm the you big see a man? You want to see a man undress? <laughs> now he teases her a lot, yes. She, yeah. she doesn't. But in this whole part... She doesn't stop looking either. No. She doesn't. Um, you like gladiator movies, too? <laughs> but he, he is extremely respectful in this scene. The only part that I didn't like about him was the scene right before that on the bus yeah. when um, she goes to... When she tries to switch seats initially and the, the big guy... Like, falls asleep on top of her. Mm. And she goes to move in the back. And he tries to trick her by putting his hand out on the yeah. seat. But the hand is up and curved like he's definitely trying to cop a feel. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But then... Yeah. Um, but she sees it. Yeah. Yeah, but then I thought, wait, maybe he just wants to know when she sits down because she'll have to move it. And no, then, he no. was trying to cop a feel. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. He was definitely trying to do that. But she caught it. That was the whole thing. She caught it, moved his hand, and then, like scurried over to her seat. Um, but that was the only part with him. I was like, bro, really? Yeah. Now, there was a setup with the day after, after they all, okay, they're fine, all in bed, and okay, he gives her pajamas, mm -hmm. they put up the wall, and everything's all respectful. Yeah, he's very he nice does, so Yeah, he doesn't even, she doesn't even know his name. No. You know, they go, oh, Peter Warren. And the one thing that was set up was when they had the, um, the shower scene. Yeah. And yeah. specifically, they set up and they had every extra and every actress that was in that line had to not wear makeup. Mm. You know, they said specifically not to do that, do not do that, because they wanted to have the... One of the themes of this, mo of this movie is city versus country. Mm. Yeah. And through a period of time, but through the First World War, pretty much... At the end of the 1800s and all the way through to the 50s, you had an influx of people coming from the country over to the city. Mm -hmm. And so when you had people who were in the reverse and the in the city out in the country who were clearly fish out of water. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I hate so that show. Are you a Beverly Hillbilly yeah. or one of the Green Acres? Yeah, right. Yeah. Are you Jaja? Who are you? Yeah. Although they did have some funny moments, the husband was a total asshole. Mm -hmm. And you know, not completely. Um, but where you know you do see that there's a huge difference, and you know they wanted her Claudette to be the fish out of water. I clearly, was just like damn, her hair looks great. When yeah. she wakes up and her yeah. makeup is immaculate. Yeah, yeah. How the hell do you hold that together? Yeah. Although doesn't your grandmother? Didn't she say uh, she did that where she put makeup on before bed? Uh huh. Yeah. Dolly Parton does. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's one of her things. Uh, she does. She always puts makeup on, fresh coat of makeup before bed. Um, and she always wears, like, the best pajamas when she goes to bed. Because if there's ever a fire or anything, she wants to look her best when she, you know, okay. when she has to leave. When she gets rested. It's Dolly fucking Parton. She's going to look her best. That's how she works. Yeah, it's, but it's Dolly Parton. I know. Yeah, yeah. Who can fault her? 
Yeah, it's find, a, de- find a fault. Yeah. I dare, I dare you. <laughs> uh, people used to joke about her boobs. There's so no she. joke about those boobs. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was uh, implants and the comically large. She's had them reduced. Oh, they're not implants. They're all real. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today I learned. Yep. Yeah. There's um you can ask me, I know. Yeah, there's video of her, I think it's on YouTube where she's out live in a concert and this has been told on another podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh where she's playing yakety sax spinning <laughs> yeah. She's on a saxophone playing yakety sax spinning clockwise. Mm-hmm. And then she spins counterclockwise and plays it backwards. I love it. Yeah, just Perfectly. I love it. Yeah, just... She's my role model. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, he agrees to go ahead and keep there. have some more adventures there. Um, several things happen here. Of course, um, there's another, like, men versus women ideal. Of course, the bus gets stuck. And, uh, you know, I'm going very high level, so please jump in. I feel like they uh, they had enough people to probably push it. This is after the bridge washed out thing? Yeah, yes. right. It also looks like there's something wrong with the tire, though, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, no. Was, was that the car, actually, later on? No, no, this is the bus. Because yeah. this is the scene where um, uh, Shapely comes out and uh, recognizes her. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and wants to, wants to get in. We split 5000 apiece, we walk away. And this is when, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I love you, male lead. Yeah. Um, when you when he plays the movie. When he <laughs> this no, this is when um, Clark Gable does the the best rendition of a, a fake gangster I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Wanting uh, you know. The whole, the, okay, yeah. so you uh. You're trying to get in on the, the million. The, yeah. Excuse me, what? Yeah, excuse me, what? <laughs> oh, you're in too deep now. Yeah. He's like, I'll get you the, one of the Tommy guns I have in my luggage. Do you have kids? Yeah, yeah I got two. <laughs> two kids, and I love them very much. They're little limp. Oh, God, please. The gold-haired little girl. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, when it they just scares him so bad, he runs yeah. away. <laughs> and they get out of the picture there, and they have to go ford the river and have this conversation about what a piggyback ride is. Oh yeah, it's like she don't know what a piggyback ride is. It's like, good lord. Yeah, this is not a piggyback ride. I'm supposed to give me a piggyback ride. I like to meet your uncle. Yeah, it's like I like to meet your uncle because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He like had her, you know, yeah. slung over her yeah. shoulders. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like a yeah. sack of potatoes. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta like. <laughs> Although, That's not a piggyback ride. Uh, it reminded me of when Kaz and I were coming back from Mexico, and um, you know, long story short, version on this, we had we were, went from Oaxaca to Mexico City to Atlanta to Providence, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and there was a little bit of a plane delay from Mexico City to Atlanta, so we had to haul ass to our next plane. Sure. I got to the point where we're running and we're running and we're running and we're like, okay, we got there and we got close. She starts getting tired. I grab the bag and I sling her over my shoulder <laughs> and just start running. I don't think I made it very far, but I remember I had 
her over my left arm, the phone in my left hand, while I'm running, and all I could all I could feel was Kaz slapping my back <laughs> involuntarily, like, what the fuck are you doing? Keep like, going, keep going. Ah, what's happening? Like, what the fuck, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Put me down! But I put her down in front of the gate. I'm like, Mom, I gotta go. We're at the plane. Okay, here are tickets. Like, wow, you guys had about ten extra minutes before we closed the door. I'm like, now you what? fucking tell me. <laughs> what? Well, the, the truth of the matter about airplanes that they don't tell you is that they have a list of people who are supposed to be on the plane. They do. And that they will start calling your name mm-hmm. if you haven't made it to the airplane yet. They do. Yes. They After do. After a certain amount of time. Yeah. You do have a little bit of time. They won't leave without you after a certain after a certain point. Yeah, but they they go yeah, looking for you. They're not like this bus where they're just like, "Well, fuck them." Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. And um, the uh, so Ellie starts losing her disdain for Peter. They begin to fall in love a bit. Um, the bus breaks down, and uh, they he. They sleep the night in a area of hay. Yeah, I'm guessing they're on someone's farm. I'm guessing they're on someone's farm. Yeah, and how he pulled from this stack of hay, and clearly you could tell it's a soundstage. Yeah, because we watched this on Amazon. We had the four K, the four K HD version, and you're like, oh, this part doesn't hold up. It's very clearly lighting, and look, there's a matte painting. Yep. It's yeah, like, it's a very nice, very yeah. nice matte painting. Yeah, which is screaming for Peter, and very clearly he walks back on the set. Yes. You know, oh, hi, how are you? I like, felt bad for her there. Like he's waiting for his cue. I did. Yeah. I felt. I felt a little bad for her oh, here. Though, she yeah. panics. Yeah. When she panics, because it just it suddenly comes into her mind that yeah, he can leave at any time. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Yeah. True. Yeah, and true. She, yeah. And she doesn't know. Yeah. What to do if he does leave because she's never really had to take care of herself before. No. So she's, her she's on basically her, helpless. Yeah, on her on her own completely, she really wouldn't know what to do, especially in that situation where she's in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody else around. No. No, and there's some areas like you there's some farms actually a couple miles away from here that you could probably bunk out in and no one would even know you're there. Yeah. Yep. You know, like it's even today. Right. You know, no one would really even know you're there. If you're not bothering anyone, mm-hmm. okay, you're just looking for a place to sleep, pulling down hay, making a hay field and which really is gonna leave you smelling very bad. Yes. Leave you smelling very bad. And let me tell you, hay is sharp. Yeah. It is. That is that it does is. not make for a comfortable bedding situation. No. No, it is. I've yeah, I've had it myself. But um actually had it in a windstorm in Kansas where there was a hay field next door to the hotel and we went walking outside. A windstorm happened and suddenly hay is flying at us. Not all together either. And it was, mm, yeah. Not fun. So there's a scene though where they start going hitchhiking. And Oh, he he digs up a carrot somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, he finds carrots and he digs up a bunch of them and he offers them to her because she says that she's hungry, which is part of the reason why he you know walks off the sound walks off set for a few minutes before she has her panic attack. Um because she says she's hungry and he's like, We're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Where do you expect me to find you food? Yeah. And then, you know, he turns around and actually finds her food. But she doesn't want a carrot. Oh, because clearly the... Uh, Beggars choosers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although oh. I thought it was... She, I don't know if she's too tired. Yeah. Well, something. she wants food, but he tucks her in because yeah. he's like, where am I supposed to find you food? 
Then he turns around and looks for food, and she has the, you know, oh, well, you know, you could just, you know, there's, you know, you could always just leave me here if you really wanted to. You don't actually have to stay with me. And then she realizes he doesn't actually have to no. stay with her, and he could just leave at any time. Yeah. And he's not responding to her when she's talking, so she has that realization that maybe he oh, did leave. Oh, yeah. balls, he did. Yeah, and... The hitchhiking scene actually is one of the more famous ones. This is where Bugs Bunny got his eating ability from. <laughs> and how comfortable she sits on that, that, that fence. I don't know how. That's, that well, was impressive. Like, oh, I'll like, sleep here. Like, like how? how? Right. Like, how are you even balancing? The yeah. Thing? How are you going to do that? Now, granted, there were times I could balance on stuff as a kid that would probably impress people. Right, but not sleep on it. You know, like, oh, I'll just go ahead and do that. And like, okay, now thin is she? Right. Like, if you were to see her side profile, would she disappear? I'm pretty sure not. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, they uh, meet up with a, um, meet up with a man. Uh, I'm going to say, did I mention it on the, the like, the bu- that made me think of Bugs Bunny also? Yeah. Oh, the, uh. The hitchhiking thing. Yeah. <laughs> Because he can't get any cars to stop with his hitchhiking, no matter how m- many clever, bantery things he says about trying it this way and that way, with that expression and that expression, and she's like, oh, I have my own idea, and then she just, it's its totally like a Bugs Bunny thing. Yes. Just pulls up her skirt and puts her leg out, just I mean, the same way. hey, if it works. Yes, and then, but then, yeah, you but, can almost hear Mel Blanc go, oh, boys. <laughs> the worst part about it is, in this part, too, he starts to sulk immediately. Hmm. Because after this, he sulks for, like, a couple hours at least. Right. He is very, very unhappy the entire time. He is cranky. Yeah, uh, it seems kind of sudden. No, he's sulking because her way worked and his didn't. Yeah. I was just thinking of, I mean, sometimes he seems pissy with her and sometimes he seems like he has a crush on her. And I know the whole thing comes up with the, oh, right, you're married to that king god. Wesley guy. Well, yeah, that's that's definitely a thing that he constantly has to keep reminding himself of. Yeah. Uh, but no, in this particular instance, he's sulking because her way worked and his didn't. Yeah, he lost a little control. Yeah. He lost all. He lost all the control. So he's not the. Uh, <laughs> he's not. Yeah. yeah. He's not the leader right yeah. now. She is. Well, that's again. That's the reverse of the so-called gender roles at that point. Yeah. Like, okay. Like. She's there, he's there, and that's like thumbing their nose at the, you know, for Nancy 34, thumbing their nose at the Hayes Code. Right. And especially where they get to the next driver and the guy tries to steal their luggage while they're taking off. Right. And this, then, guy, this guy, the original Uber driver who won't ever shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he starts singing about love. It's strange stuff, and then he chases him down and grabs the Model T. And has anyone ever tried to drive a Model T before? No, I, no. I cannot say that I have. Ah. Don't you have to crank it in a certain direction or else your arm might break? Some you do. Yeah. Some you do. But I, I've driven a Model T for a little bit. It is fucking hard. It is fucking hard. It's like you're driving a car on four bike tires. Mm. It really is hard to navigate. If you get a strong wind, forget about driving in a straight line. And this was a convertible. This yeah. wasn't even like a hard top. It was, it was a convertible for me, too. Oof. And I, I drove that. I'm like, I'm like, no, I am good. 
This this whole scene is actually kind of funny. Just because yeah. he pulls, this guy pulls them into, like, a convenience store. Yeah. And he offers them, like, food. Yeah. To which, um, what's Clark Gable's character's name in this? Peter. Peter. Peter's, Peter. like, <laughs> he's adamantly refusing. Where she's like, but I'm hungry. And he's like, no. Yeah. Yeah, what was his problem? Because that means that, you know, she has the upper hand again. Uh, exactly. Um. So he's like adamantly no. Well, he must be hungry. He is, but that's yeah. me. That's making him even more grouchy. Yeah. Plus the fact that some other guy is going to be buying him food. No. Yeah. No male pride. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know the the eighties stereotype of not asking for directions. Yes. <laughs> we're fine. Yeah. I know where yeah. we're going. Uh, yeah. Even though we're like thousands of miles away from the place we're supposed to be yeah. at. I've we're been entirely f- lost since we saw those signs in Spanish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so that guy then yeah proceeds to try to steal their luggage, <laughs> and then Peter literally chases him down and steals his car. Yeah, it's really not hard to chase a Model T. No, but I love yeah. the fact that he comes back and steals the guy's car. Yeah, ties him to a tree. Yeah. and steals his car. That did make me laugh. Yes. He just wanted to, he wanted to kick back. Any other movie would have shown that guy in the back. Yes. You know, they would have shown they would have smashed back to the guy and then you know on the tree just looking for help or just waiting for the cars like this. And yep. just, walk, just looking side to side as the cars go by or right. maybe kids laugh at him. But just that that did that is good comedy because all he had to say was that one line we all filtered that in our heads. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good time. Yeah. So it was like ah uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they st- they go to the Model T, and uh, Ellie confesses her love to Peter when they go to the next motel, and which they they lie to the hotel owners yeah. to get the room for the night by saying they're going to stay for a week. Yeah, we'll stay for a week. You know, I, I told what about the money. I talked him out of needing money. We'll have to figure it out over the night. You know, I'm. Interesting. Mm. Although it does sound like something like one of my uncles would do. <laughs> hey. So then um, they confess a love. Peter heads off back and um, this part goes is, to New York. That part is, is, is sad, though. Yeah. When Ellie confesses her love. Because she is, you know, basically she gets up the courage to tell. Because right before that scene... There's a scene where she gets uh, the newspaper because yeah. in the newspaper it says mm. that um, uh, the the uh, that the dad is okay with the marriage now yeah. because he figures that the only way that her that he get he's going to get his daughter home safely is if he just tells her that he's okay with her and King being married because. He's tried everything. He's tried looking for himself, sending out detectives. He's tried the reward. Yeah. Nothing is working. Um, so he calls up King, and he basically says, All right, "Try and you win. win. Yeah. Um, I'll uh, I'll I'll be okay with the marriage. Um, get your get a press conference together, and we'll um, we'll basically say." That, you know, we shook hands and that we're, we're working together to get her back. This is the only way that she's going to come back willingly. Yeah. So, uh, she sees the newspaper the next day and she hides it from him. Because 
where they are, it, they're only like three hours away from New York. Is then then she convinces him to stay overnight at a hotel because she doesn't want to go back. Yeah, yeah. He notices like we could just make it in three hours, right? And she's like, "But nobody wants to go in the middle of the night. Show up yeah. at three a.m. Yeah. So let's just stay at a hotel and we'll get there in the morning." And it's that night that she confesses, and he tells her to go back to bed. Yeah. So at that rejection, she just kind of you know cries yeah. herself to sleep. And you're right, there is a odd thing, you know, it's like, will I ever see you again? Will we still remain friends? Right. There's no harm in you coming to say hi. Right. And, and I just like, man, yeah. Right. Yeah, man, I know how that feels, right. too. It's just like, you know, no, don't give me that eye, too. What? Like, when you see, like, you see friends who, you know, help you out for a little while, and you know you're never going to see these people again. Right. Like you might get an occasional note on Facebook every right. now and then. You're like, okay, we kind of hit it off on this business trip, and then that's it. Right. And yeah. you, you know that the, the connection's going to be broken. Yeah. Um, But it later, like maybe what, half an hour later, because she cries herself to sleep. Yeah. He suddenly gets this fucking revelation in his head, like, did you mean it? Yeah. She's asleep, bro. Yeah. You heard her sobbing. Yeah. Like, crying hysterically into a pillow. And then the minute she stops, you get this revelation. Yeah. Uh, this it part right here, I get that. But you see her, you see that she's fallen asleep and that she's been miserable. And yeah. then, But you, for the first words out of your mouth are, did you mean it? Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, he... he... Yeah. No, nah, she didn't mean it. Yeah, he's throwing he's throwing a lot at him though. Yeah. Yeah, where he's looking at this is all business, and all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, I kind of feel for her too." Right. But yeah. he, what he should have done in this situation is yeah. wake her up. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but you know how rom coms go. I know. They always, yeah. They, they like, nobody, nobody talks to each other. At least leave a note. Yeah, with a misunderstanding the, record right. scratch. The big silly misunderstanding plot. Yeah. <sighs> at least, at least leave a note. Yeah. yeah right. Well, uh, I, I figured he wanted to surprise her. Right, mm. but at least say I'll be right back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Not, I've abandoned you in the middle of the night. Good luck! Yeah. You know? Kind of yeah. Drop the idiot boy. And I think also with his ego, he could have thought, he thought he could have gone and got it, out, got it out of the way. Yes. You know, and gone to, gone to his editor, begged for a thousand bucks, got on back, proposed, and been, you know, on his way, and no one would have been the wiser. Mm. You know, but then when he's coming back, and then, you know, she gets kicked out because... He needs to go get the yeah. yeah. You know, the, the hotel owner's wife notices that he, uh, he takes off, and she oh, had a suspicion, it. she had a suspicion that they were going to, you know, diamond dash, essentially. Yeah. So she wakes her husband up, and they, you know, bust into the room thinking that the both of them had taken off when in actuality it was just him. Yeah. So they ask, do you have money? And she's like, no. So like, well, yeah. you gotta go. And although Ellie has no desire to be with Leslie, she agrees to, uh, she agrees to go ahead and get married. She believes that Peter betrayed her just for the reward money. So she says, okay, we'll have a second formal wedding. She finds the that there's a note in her father's jacket pocket that yeah. Peter has sent. Um, yeah. Because it's a very kind of ominous note that says uh, we need to discuss a financial, uh, financial situation. Right, um, yeah. 
Peter, uh, before that, had gone to his editor with a, uh, basically with a story that Ellie was going to leave her, uh, leave her husband, get an annulment, and marry someone else uh, within, you know, all within the next few days. And his editor was like, well, how do you know this information? And Peter turns around and says, because it's me. Right. Uh, give me a thousand dollars and, um, uh, I'll basically lend me the thousand dollars. And when I come back from my honeymoon, I will, you know, yeah, I'll and, the, yeah, and then there's a sensational story, and yeah. I understand the editor grappling all over that, saying, "Okay, this is going to sell everything," right. you know. And it's but the next best thing yeah. after, if it bleeds, it leads. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. Then when actually, it's a good the, point. Well, here's the thing the about thing. here's yeah. the thing about this editor, though, and this is kind of why I like this editor. Yeah. When it comes out that this doesn't happen, isn't true, the editor, of course, stops the presses. But then he, after he throws the story out, he picks it up and he reads it again. Yeah. And then the next day when Peter comes back and throws the money on the secretary's desk and says, give it to him and says, it's just a joke. Yeah. The editor, when he hears, you know, what the secretary says, calls him. Yeah. And talks to him. And he basically says, dude, that was such bad luck. Yeah. You know, I'm basically sorry that happened. You know, know, this shit sort of, this shit happens. When you're, you know, done finding the bottle, the bottom of the uh, bottle, come back because you've got a job waiting for you. Right. Yeah. And he's shrewd, but fair. Right. Fair in a way. But I like it though, and I did some more math on this, where he goes out to see her dad and wants the okay I'll give you the money of the $10,000 and all he wants is $39.60 from the itemized bill in order and to pay gas it's literally the money yeah. he had to uh, spend to pay for the gasoline in the yeah. car and the pants and the hat and the other yeah, stuff. The stuff he had to sell so, to take care of her. Yeah. So and this is and this is the end of Spaceballs joke that I yeah. never never understood for many many years until Last night, when I watched this movie, I'm just like, okay, I know where the whole joke came from. This guy is Prince Valium, and she's coming up the coming up the ramp. She's like, and then she walks past the ramp, and then down the ramp, and then out the door. But okay, okay, I see. <laughs> now uh, I rounded it up to forty dollars, but that is eight hundred fifty-eight dollars today. Was it the thirty-nine fifty? Yeah, thirty-nine sixty. Yeah, eight hundred fifty-eight dollars of expenses. Including today's gas prices. Yep. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's still, it's all he wants is this. And it's just like, okay, there's kind of a neat factor in it of a man who just has, you know, all this money in the world. I'll give the $10,000. No, no problem. Issue. No issue. No worries. You want $39.60 on top of it? No, no. Just That's give it. just that. No, just the 39 Wait, wait why? Like, yeah. Because this is what I spent on the road with yeah. your daughter. That's and, it. you know, and a good back and forth of, do you love my daughter? And he, nah. and he keeps, like, Avoiding dodging it, yeah. the question. Yeah. Yeah. This is, like, the opposite of a big, silly misunderstanding. Right. Yeah. But, you know, after the big, silly misunderstanding. Right. Right. He's asking a legit, straightforward question, and you keep dodging. And I like the fact that her father yeah. calls out the fact that he keeps dodging the question. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you're dodging this question. Yeah, we know what that means. Yeah. He's like, do you love my daughter? Yes! 
Yeah. And that means I'm insane. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was it's it's good delivery. Yeah, it's really good delivery. It really is. So they're at the ceremony, and Wesley, we find out then he's an aviator because he flies in on a bizarre-looking freaking yeah, helicopter. Yeah, that's a very weird plane. Yeah, yeah this bizarre thing that he comes into, <laughs> and then actually it was, um, I believe that was from Spaceballs as well, as when he's walking the... Uh, Walking her down the aisle, and he's, he's just... Ta- yeah, yeah, they're talking yeah. as they're walking down the aisle, yeah. They're very and she's yeah. very confused. Yeah. Yeah. And a good shot, because that was Mel... Well, I think this is one of Mel Brooks' favorite movies ever. I mean, Well, that would it. make sense. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the... Um, uh, it reveals that, you know, he's like, look, he's only interested... He refused the reward... You know, know, this other guy's interested only in the money. Although he was interested in the story, so... Yeah, but if you want to, there's a car waiting out for you. And at the last minute before she says, I do, she decides not to go through it and runs. (laughs) (laughs) And a good... good, This is the original version of Runaway Bride. Yeah, and a really good line. He's sitting there just smoking a cigar, kind of laughing, and you know, Wesley, what's going on? I haven't the slightest idea. I have no clue. Yeah, (laughs) E. I haven't the slightest freaking idea. And uh, it does remind me, too, when my father-in-law scared the freaking hell out of me on my wedding day. <laughs> you know, with uh, not Pete Lance. Oh. Early year when I called, hey, guys, how you doing? Like, yeah, we're taking cast to the airport now. We got the tickets in the backpack. Sorry. And he hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Said so I would have called Kaz and been like, "You okay? Something yeah. all right?" Yeah, but then, yeah, yeah, then, yeah, but then my mother-in-law called laughing. She's like, "Did you believe the jackass for a moment?" I'm like, she's "Like, no, we'll be there. We're on the highway now. We're almost there." <laughs> I was late, but it wasn't intentional. No. Mm. No, I no, we were there. I think we were on time. No, I, yeah. I was late because yeah. my. Cousin who did my hair took a little bit longer than expected, and then I had to go to my aunt's house to get ready because my wedding dress was there. And then I had to wait for her to get to the venue yeah. before I got there, so we had to drive around for an extra ten minutes. So I was about half an hour late to my own wedding. Damn. But that's supposed to be good luck. So. Yeah. Everything going. Meanwhile, wrong? I was there at the at the venue, just going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" <laughs> she changed her mind. Oh god. No, I was just late because I had to wait for people to get there before me. Yeah, I was I was there. I was one of the first people, and my father in law was there too. You know the, um, you know, and I should just really clarify with this, just so people understand. Um, my um, Kaz's parents divorced and remarried, mm-hmm. so I have two sets of in laws. Sure. So okay. just so anybody clears that, because I've tried to describe that in the past, and like, wait, your father in law. Laughed at you on the phone, but met you at the met you at the venue too. <laughs> you have to yeah, with them. It's yeah, fine. I'm like, no, 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 we're fine. <laughs> like, we're fine. But he's there wondering what was going on and thought he had the wrong place. <laughs> Sorry again, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the movie. And a few days later, the uh, they. I love the. This is what I love about these older movies too: is the crank cameras. Yes. That you see that you don't see anymore that actually function the reel to reel, you know, and doing that like that's just that's beautiful. But how strong are those arms? Right. 
I mean, imagine one person that has really huge biceps in one arm and then really skinny in the well, other. I mean, yeah, it's like one arm is beefy and the other one is not. Yeah. Mm. It's like professional bowlers. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm. Or me. It's a, it's a, <laughs> 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 Wasn't thinking of that, but I had to land Every it. Every <laughs> 14-year-old boy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now I'm thinking of Rick and Morty again. <laughs> I'm thinking of Family Guy. Oh, right. Quagmire gets the internet. Yeah. Quagmire figures out where the internet porn is. Oh, my. Oh. Quagmire, hey guys, what are you doing? <laughs> He's got the big, beefy arm yeah. coming out of the back yeah. of his neck right there. Quagmire, we haven't seen you in about a week. Yeah, I've been checking out that internet porn. <laughs> I'm just gonna go check the mail. He points and he's like fucking jacked. <laughs> Only like, one arm. <laughs> I, oh my god. That's... Dude, just. Use the other one. Call the stranger. You'll be fine. Just <laughs> <sighs> like lean on your arm for a while until your hand goes numb. Exactly. So a few days later, Andrews is working at his desk and Wesley calls him to tell him that the uh, financial settlement and uh, he's not contesting the annulment. His, his assistant brings him a telegram saying, uh, Peter, Peter, what's holding up the annulment, Slowpoke? The walls of Jericho are toppling. <laughs> Let him topple. That's, uh, that's what made me giggle. I'm like, he Let doesn't care. <laughs> Let him go. The reference to the makeshift blanket topples over, but... The, the, and then they, now, then they play a trumpet. Now, <laughs> okay. Now, I just gotta, like, the, the, the couple there at that motel... They're asking about it. Like, yeah, they wanted a rope. They wanted a blanket. Yeah, they made me go to the store and get a trumpet. A toy trumpet. Like, uh, what the Jeez. hell? And of course, because I'm perpetually 12 in my brain, I'm like, what are they trying to do? And then I'm thinking of all those, like, religious paintings of the tr- the angels with the trumpets up their ass. <laughs> No, that was that was um, Monty Python got that from a, an illumination, like a, a manuscript, I think. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because I think the butt trumpets was in a medieval manuscript. Oh, but well, I still, it's they, still, they yeah. did it in a, it's still, yeah, Monty it's Python still, it's the, yeah, it's the Monty Python, the meaning of life. Yes. Yeah, it's still, it's the same deal. So the, um, uh, so Peter's uh, car is parked out. I guess they're in Glen Falls, Michigan. The mom and pop owners wondering what's going on. They want for they want they want to get a trumpet to sound fanfare. And I just like yeah, they told why do they want a trumpet? I don't know, Sheila. I do not know. <laughs> I, this you know, an abrupt thirties ending. Yep. Yeah. With the uh, yeah, just the the burp, like. Victory! Look, look at this. Hey, let's yeah. play a trumpet, which I'm not sure, like, it's technically like a sex trumpet, and I don't know if that's something you can get on Adam and Eve, but like, you I'm might. I'm pretty sure you can't, but yeah. what do I know? But you should. <laughs> hey, I, I, don't, I don't kink shame. Yeah. Sometimes I kink ask, ask why, but I don't kink yeah, shame. Yeah, right, right. Right, and that was another thumb to the code as well, that, you know, when they're trying to, okay, we can't show, but you all know what just happened, right? Right, yes. Right. Anyone will be damned. Yeah, and that was, yeah, and that was, yeah, and that was Frank Capra's last thing when he put that in there. He's like, okay, you all know what happened, and I'm getting a vision of when I saw, um, 
uh, Dracula dead and loving it with my dad. <laughs> you you know? get it? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a scene where a woman just rips her shirt open and you see her boobs. Yeah. You know, straight <laughs> up. And my, all of a sudden, in the middle of the theater, I just feel my dad's bony elbow. On yes, you told me. Yeah. About this. On the yep. side of me, I'm like, eh? Like, eh? eh? Boobies, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making this super awkward dad. Yeah, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, he's, he's done stuff like that, and I talk about it years later. He's like, yeah, I was trying, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dad. Uh, uh, I'll tell you another story off mic that was still funny as hell to this oh, day. God. All right, so we'll tell you more about 44 to 1 Media in a moment, and uh, let's talk about fantasy casting, shall we? Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening. Movie Theater Time Machine is a part of the 4041 Media Group with podcasts like Psych Your Crime and Free Your Geek, which you can check out at 4041media.com. That's all squished together in one word, and the numbers are written as numbers. Now it's time to tell us what you think. If you got an opinion or wanted to know what's coming up next, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Movie Theater Time Machine. Now our podcast will always be free. Free? To subscribe and share. But if you'd like to help us build a bigger, better podcast, not to mention our confidence, you can find merchandise designed by me, Kaz, at Zazzle. Or check out the Kaz Foxen's Animal Shop at Zazzle for cute animal gifts and pet supplies. Thanks so much, and back to the show. And we're back. Did you miss us? <laughs> you didn't go anywhere. How can I miss you if you don't go anywhere? <laughs> oh, so welcome with Fantasy Casting. I've only got one on this. Okay. So, okay. anyone else? Well, just with the whole runaway bride yeah. joke, uh, yeah. we could put. Well, I can't. Why is her name? Why am I blanking on Julia her name? Roberts? Julia yeah. Roberts. We could theoretically <laughs> put Julia Roberts in there. She's. Actually, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah. yeah. Let's see if that, come, if that works out. Yeah. God damn it. Both dice. Let's go. Uh, 21. Yeah. yeah. I botched and 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 crit at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got advantage on that roll, I guess. Yeah. I feel like she'd look strange in black and white. I don't know why. She, yeah, uh, yeah. Like low contrast. Yeah, maybe. there's um, what the hell is the name of that movie where she's a lawyer? Erin Brockovich. Yeah, that, that was just damn funny. Yes, it's just damn funny. It's just you know, there's one line in that where she goes. Well, apparently, man, we got off the floor on the wrong foot. Like, yeah, that's all you got. Two wrong feet and fucking ugly shoes. And, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I know this is yours, but I can just see that as the, the sassiness of, yep. you know, of Ellie would be turned up a little more. Okay. Yeah. We turned up for it. Uh, yeah. Angry. Um, how about, uh, we, we replace Clark Gable with Bugs Bunny? <laughs> That would be good. I was say, I don't see a whole lot change. But there the won't shirt. be much change. Um, oh, oh, that's an eight. eight. That's an eight. eight. But the, would Elmer Fudd somehow end up involved? <laughs> Elmer Fudd drives the car. And that, and that, he dri- he's the one driving the car, and now he's going to get revenge on Bugs Bunny for tying him to a tree uh. and letting the rednecks find him. Oh, <laughs> oh God. That looks like my lucky day. Looks like <laughs> I like your head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have one 
pretty obscure one for some viewers, uh, some listeners may not know this one, but uh, although the table does know, is taking, uh, and I spotted this right away, I couldn't get out of my head, taking uh, Clark Gable and replacing him with Alan Alda. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I could see it. And... Uh, no. Ah, Shit. Dang. Ah, I, that's, I it's a 14. Yeah. Uh, um, Hawkeye crossed with uh, yeah. Gomez Adams. <laughs> there is a Hawkeye with a rapier? There is a... Is it the mustache? Is it yeah. The there is a John Aston quality to him. You know, it's... Of having, you know, go having Gomez there to just like the little well, off you know, he is. Yeah. Gel in the yeah. I know that's an And the mustache, yeah. I don't know, man. It just. Yeah. Well, let me know. Let's go with John Aston. That's the original Gomez, right? Yep. The Gomez I know is Raul Julia. Yeah. And then, and then. Uh, um, it's a straight 20. Yeah. Oh, and then he starts turning into, um, yeah. what's his face from? <laughs> then he, he throughout the movie he slowly starts dressing more and more like M. M. Bison, Bison. Yeah. and by the end of it he's just hovering around and everywhere. <laughs> but no one, but no one like pay, no one acknowledges no it. No one acknowledges it. This is just the same. He's just like covered in electricity and floating everywhere. Yes, oh. I would absolutely could have watch gotten you to New York. This is the strangest movie I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot what, what thing won the role. I was going to say, these edibles, it's like, these edibles ain't shit. No. Then 20 minutes later, you're watching Raul Julia float through. It <laughs> might <laughs> <laughs> happen one night. Oh, no. Suddenly the Model T starts floating, and you're wondering if you're watching Harry Potter or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the Model T transforms, which, by the way, they had, like, concept art of what a Model awesome. T Transformer would look like. Really? So, for the, for Transformers 2, they had concept art. They didn't go with it because oh. Transformers 2 sucks. It's mm. a terrible movie, but the ideas could have been great. Mm. Alright, so before the car was invented, then what did the Transformers look like? <laughs> was it like a horrifying horse that gets turned inside out. I don't know. Transforming Trojan horse. I don't know. There was a movie that came out there where they all were like knights and shit. That was like the sixth one, wasn't that it? That was the fifth one. Oh. Transformers: Ooh. The Last Knight, where they the Transformers came down trebuchet. during, like King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. You may not be wrong about the trebuchet thing. There was a comics. Um, there was like a comic run called Hearts of Iron, where they took on like Age of Steam. Type, type things like Shockwave was a steamship, like with the paddles on each uh. side. Um, Bumblebee was a caboose. Um, <laughs> he, was a, he was a yellow caboose. Um, Optimus was like the main, like the, the main steamer train, and um, and and Megatron turned into one of those big rolling like war cannons with the big like the wheels on the side that you'd roll around during the Civil War. Mm. Hearts of Iron was interesting. Huh. Okay, because I'm like, anyway. hmm, I wouldn't want to see a horse transform. It, like, now see, that was in uh, that was in Beast Wars. No, mm-hmm. not not like that, but I mean, like, I don't know, turn into a fourth dimensional inside out abomination thing. Yeah. What would it turn into? Uh... In Transformers, there was a giraffe. In in Beast Wars, there was a giraffe transformer. I like the the cheetah one. He had missiles in his neck. Beast Cheetor? machines. Cheetor. Beast machines. Oh, Cheetor. Yeah. Duh. He was in Beast Wars too. Yes, the, I know. The, 
art was a little better in Beast Machines. Uh, it was definitely more stylized. The show, the yeah. show was not better, but the the animation was definitely better. <laughs> anyway, mm. I've gone on a tangent. I know. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, but we man, all right. So yeah, that's any others for it happened one night. Um, how does the ending? Because uh, is he um is is Peter M Bison now? <laughs> Yes, Peter's in bison. And he's using elect- electromagnetism to make sure it works. What? So, the, does, so she ends up with the bad guy? Yeah, so, yes. the, so, so you just imagine he makes the wall of Jericho float or something. Or they, 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 they start, the cabins start floating and they start fucking in the air or something, or... This movie took a turn. Yeah. I, uh, well, well no, it's also because of my own Broadway? stupid head. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were in wires during that love scene, right? Can you feel the love tonight? Was that on wires? It was. Oh my yeah, God. it was. That was just one of the most awkward things. I'm sitting like, next to two children who are like, wow. People were definitely fucking. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that was. That was fun. Very good costumes. Yeah, very good. Very good indeed. And quick before the hyena comes. (laughs) (laughs) Dig a tunnel, dig a dig a tunnel. I can't remember how they handled the wildebeest stampede, but it was clever. Yeah. Well, when they had all the animals in the aisles. Yeah. Yeah, it was the animals in the aisles, too. Yeah, that was was pretty cool. That was fun. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, my mom told me, you guys gotta get floor seats. I'm like, Cool. Uh, all right, so we'll wrap this one up, and we will be uh, wrapping up the FI, uh, F-A-F-I, wow, words are hard today, AFI 100 list exploration and a tribute to our original fan, uh, Lydia Cadero. So um, we also will be releasing sometime next week of recording is the bonus episode, which is a re-release of the... Uh, of the 100th episode where I, uh, the, well, 101 episode where a bonus one of where, uh, Kaz and I sat and talked to my grandmother about Ocean's Eleven. And yeah, while they got grown, she did put it in a different light that made me understand the movie a little bit more. You got, go if you're a fan of the, uh, those people and, yeah, like, you want to go, oh, yeah, the celebrities, yeah. I like them. Yeah, plus she put it in the time period where it made more sense, and also she's she was just funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, they're funny as hell through the whole thing. So uh, what ended up, she wanted to be a three-minute interview, turned into almost 45 minutes, which was still funny because she kept telling jokes. <laughs> um, I thought so, she was mostly complaining about, yeah. like, music these days. Yeah, but still, it's funny. It's darn kids. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I will, always, I will always associate Beyonce with the name Seance. Yeah, like, I thought yeah, about that the other day and couldn't stop giggling. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, always associated with that. Now everything is who hit Nelly in the belly with a meatball. Uh, but I won't spoil the whole like. I, I won't spoil the whole the whole episode. But please watch that. So we will end it with next week with the 1972 cabaret Liza Minnelli hit. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how good this one is. So we'll see you then, Grandma. Love you. Be good. Take care of yourself. But don't be too good. <laughs>